Why, Spencer, I heard you're out of things to read and want to read more things. Um, yeah, I never have enough things to read. I always... I can't believe it. I thought your two-read pile was endless. No, well, I just shot it into the sun and started over. <laughs> just like the old uh, big ball of garbage from Futurama. <laughs> yeah, the future can worry about that. They just shoot it into space. Yeah. Just your giant ball of books. That's not garbage and, like, debris from, like, past satellites, things that's orbiting the Earth. That's just all my to-read pile. <laughs> that is, uh, that's grand. Well, if you're looking for something to read. Yes. I got a few things coming out soon. Mm -hmm. You can put your, your hands on and you can touch it and, and, touch. and fluff it and fill through it, flip through it. Uh, the first thing I don't have a date for, but I'm getting my contributor copy in a week or two. I hope it's tomorrow. I just hope it's tomorrow. That'd be nice. Um, the first issue of Diabolic Press. Yep. And we got to see the proof, and it looks good. Yeah, in that video, in the Instagram video he posted, it it does look like a nice uh, copy. Yeah, he did some good uh, some good work on that. Folks, keep an eye out for Diabolic Press issue number one. I have a story in it, and my story is wicked. It's called The Death Loop. It's essentially a story about a man who gets stuck in a time loop at the worst possible moment of pain, agony, depression, defeat. I could just keep going, but I won't. Some genital mutilation, too, happens, I think. Mm. Real quick. Just real quick. Well, it wouldn't be a Caleb Shame story if there wasn't some. Something with genitals. Yeah. Whether it's mutilation or uh, other. I like that you can't see the levels. Now I can pretend mm. I'm touching the knobs and like <laughs> yeah. doing stuff, even if I'm not. No. Nope. So, well, I'm touching the knobs. I'm doing things. I just like touching the fucking knobs. Yeah, so that Diabolic Press I'm excited for. Uh, because that's my first actual magazine. Yeah, we've had stuff in 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 like collections and stuff like that, but a magazine is yeah. something different. And not online magazine. I've been on online magazines, like actual just print magazines. So I'm excited for that. But like I said, I got to see the proofs uh, because they're already printed up, and it looks pretty cool. Because the guy who's putting it together, he's like a artist. Yeah, I think first and foremost. I mean, he writes poetry and stuff too, but I think he's an artist first and foremost. So his eyes on like making it real cool. Looking. Yeah, like the design of it and stuff. But on the Instagram, uh, the Instagram post, if you folks want to go look, it is. Uh, I think it's just at Diabolic Press. My story is the one featured in the post. You can mm -hmm. see a glimpse of it, I guess. Read the first page if you're really interested in zooming in. Other publication news, which I probably announced this before. But I am in Horoscope Volume 4. I was in 3, and I decided to run it back, submit for 4, and I am in 4. This one is not horror, necessarily. It is uh, dark fantasy. Or it's just regular fantasy. Dark fantasy and regular fantasy. fantasy. I wrote dark fantasy. Yeah. Uh, my story borders on horror, but it's definitely fantasy, and I had a lot of fun writing it, and I am excited for that. That comes out February 20th. I think you could pre-order it now. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, that would be just the Kindle version, but it's it, that's you know these are good print books. So this uh, February twentieth, keep an eye out for that. It will drop on. I'll put a bunch of posts about that too. And she said she was having trouble with either like the distributor or whoever she prints like the, the books through. Or yeah, like the printer. Like she wasn't able to get the books yet, so she was worried that she might not be able to get our contributor copies before the book comes out, mm. which that sucks. Yeah, that'd be a bummer because I was hoping to. 
I'm hoping to get Diabolic Press, my contributor copy, to take to this month's book club. Mm -hmm. And then I was hoping to take that volume to next right. month's book club. And I know what you're hoping to take to the, any yeah. book club. Any book club. Uh, you have a long story, and you are the closer story. Yes. You can see uh, Gridiron Gates of Hell. It's a football horror-themed anthology Spencer's in. And that one, uh, you can buy the Kindle now. Yeah, the Kindle, it, you're you're able to get the Kindle version now. And we don't have a date yet for the physical copies, but hopefully here sometime soon. The fellow put this together, and this is for charity, by the way. It uh, goes to CTE research. but So that's all the proceeds go to. Yeah. That. But the fellow who put this book together... I think you mentioned that he said uh, around playoff time the yeah. print come it was like Hope, it is playoff time yeah, so, so so hopefully within like the week or two yeah a lot of times people put out the Kindle version first and then they just do the print run like a week or two later so yeah hopefully it's not a month well hopefully, hopefully it didn't mean Super Bowl well that, that that's what I was maybe thinking was like Super Bowl maybe like Super Bowl weekend or something but at the worst then it comes out in February yeah and, that's still like the beginning of February and so. then we can both show off books at the yeah. Moment. Which is uh feels weird to me because I did that for my horoscope three. Yeah, I think I was in October. I got the contributor coffee, and then everybody passed it around. I was like, I didn't mean for that. I just wanted. To, I, I was just showing Mike that was yeah. sitting next to me. Say, hey, Mike, because he would actually get a coffee, yeah. you know. And then everyone else, like, I want to see. And they all started. I was like, Yeah. And then just talk about my. Like you want to see a copy, you fucking buy it if you yeah. want to see it. And then since then, like you know, people talk about my writing, and it just makes me feel naked. It's like a weird like show and tell. Yeah, it's, I don't, I mean, that's what I wanted, you know, to be a writer, you want yeah. people to read your work and be yeah. excited for your work, but then when you're sitting in the room, and I'm just like, hmm, and then it makes me think, it's like, well, somebody, like, if they do ever, I think we were talking about, like, hey, maybe we should, like, convince them to do one of our anthologies yeah. for a book club book, it's like, what if they hated our story? <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be fun. It would be fun. <laughs> I, I mean, I really wouldn't care, but. Yeah, it's a it's a little strange when people talk about your writing in front of you and it's like, huh. Especially when they haven't read any of it. Well, I'm like next month when your books, uh, you know, if you have your print book and mm -hmm. stuff, that won't be so bad because then you can show people and then we could both be there mm -hmm. and that's fine. But if you're the only one right. at the table who's had something printed, you're like, eh, feels awkward. Uh, so hopefully next month will be a. Uh, uh, books galore. Books galore. Yeah, but I'm I'm excited for all that stuff. It's about time we got some good GD news. Well, the problem is, like, you get accepted to these things how many months in advance. Yeah, so far. Oh, Sometimes yeah. even up to a year. Like, you got one that's not even going to come out till maybe, we don't even know. Yeah, maybe you, just sometime sometime this year. We don't Yeah, really. like, it could be, you know, Jan or uh, December of next year. The end of this year, yeah. December. It's like, oh, fuck. So that's, uh, you know, you never know when the thing. I'm still waiting on one. I got accepted in July. Oh, it, hasn't, wow. it hasn't come out yet. So I was like, God damn, I just want to be. Want to be in the one one something to show some people. Yeah, especially when you're first starting out. Like if we can keep this ball rolling, and then we have continuous work. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, I got something come out next month, and a couple months, and then eventually, you know, you just always have things coming out. So that's cool. But when you're just starting off, and it's like everything's just in fucking limbo, and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. It's like one thing here, maybe one thing there, and then you don't really want everything to come all at the same month. Like if it comes all out at the same. At the same month, then it's just like, oh, now I got five books out right now. Right. Like, I can't promote that. That's that's even hard for like your family members and friends to like. You know, it's hard to be like, hey, you guys want to get all this stuff that just came out of mine? It's only like three thirty dollar books yeah. hey. and a couple twenty dollar book. No, nobody's doing that. Uh, so anyway, we uh, we were talking off air. We're probably gonna do some like promos for this stuff when it actually drops. But for now, we're just gonna 
mention it. Let you know that it's out there. Oh, and also, I mean, as of the recording of this that I just published, I got rejected by Taco Bell Quarterly finally. Mm, Shame. Came in, but I got, like, pretty good uh, up in the uh, 4% or 1% of whatever levels Mm. they have of the submissions. I made it through all the way to that, so I was in the top 1,300 or something at least. That's uh, still pretty good considering the part of the amount of people that submitted to that. Thousands thing. and thousands. Yeah. yeah, they get a lot. I didn't when I submitted, I didn't realize it was like a legit it was Taco Bell quarterly. Yeah. I, but they paid a hundred dollars, which should have been my first that should have been the first thing. It's like, oh, maybe you're not gonna get in that yeah. because they pay a lot of money for a story or a poem mm. and it's not a big word count. So I was like, yeah, twelve hundred word story, hundred bucks, that'd be a good score. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, oh, I'm competing against five thousand people who saw, saw the same thing I saw. So I was happy to get that far. But anyway, rambling aside, you can read that story. It's called "Because of Taco" on CalebJamesK.com right now. Mm-hmm. So it's not a long story. It starts with farts, and it goes. Does it end with farts? It ends with uh, a toilet. Missing the toilet analogy mm. that uh, ties into miscarriage. Mm. It was supposed to be literary, but yeah. funny. Gross. I don't think I hit the mark just like a Taco Bell guy eater not hitting the toilet. You know what? We're yeah. not talking about that. So anyway, we have an episode for you. I'm not going to say good. Great. Because we don't even know what it is yet. Yeah, we, we, we haven't come up with a topic. So stick around after this music and maybe we'll have a topic for you because we can't do another DBS episode. The last one was awful, so we need <laughs> at least it? a... Yeah, it wasn't good. So <laughs> we just talked about fucking celebrity... Not even a tier list. It was supposed to be a tier list. We went into a TV show tournament, yeah. cartoons, yeah. and then we went into celebrity books. Yeah. Like actors who have books. Yeah. And I don't think any of it was interesting. No. I was falling asleep listening to it when I was editing. So. You know who, when we like when we were talking about that and we were looking people up to see if they have anything, one person we forgot was we should have checked out uh, Patton Oswald Because I know like, he has some like, comics and graphic novels and stuff like that. Yeah, that could have been interesting. And like, if he has a novel, I think that would be kind of pretty interesting. Like It could be. Maybe we'll look up Pat. No, we won't. No. We never do. Mm-mm. Every time we say we're going to hey, we'll look up, we'll check it out. We'll do this. We'll read your book. We'll re- watch your movie. Yeah. No, none of it. The listener will look. Will you just click on this link and look at something that I published online? No. No. Just like the people won't look at my story about the taco. <laughs> Nobody's going to worry about us looking at any of their stuff. No. Everybody just pretends. Yeah. Everybody just pretends and wants their stuff seen, but nobody sees anybody mm. else's stuff. It's a vicious circle. You are listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I am your host, Caleb James. Spencer, give me a country, city, anything. Uh, Lithuania. Lithuania. Okay, I'm I'm trying to avoid lesbian because that's where my mind immediately goes. Okay, Lithuania. We don't go to the Globe anymore, by the way. If anybody ever wondered why I don't get up to go to the Globe anymore, I just don't feel like getting up. I'm not stalling. Um... (laughs) Ooh, I'm trying to think of a good verb. L yeah. verbs are hard. Yeah. Um, did we do Lithuania before? Maybe it sounds like something I randomly throw out there anytime you're like something because I whenever you're like give me something I try to make it be like ridiculous and just 
you know what? Just just because it's it's right there, easy picking fruits. I'm gonna go ahead and do the old fucking. I think it was like a gum commercial or something. Okay. With me as always. Fucking up. With me as always, Spencer, the Lithuanian Lint Liquor Church. Uh, Lint Liquor. Yeah. I didn't want to go with Lint Liquor. I yeah. really wanted lesbian. Liquor. <laughs> liquor. Lick. Ooh, I could have did a play on liquor. Yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses has a liquor store called like Red Hot Pussy Liquors or something. <laughs> but it's liquors. As a, yeah. I don't know where I'm going. Hey, folks, guess what we're talking about today if the title doesn't give it away? 33 of the most hilariously terrible first sentences in literature history. Mm. It's a long title. This is by Thought Catalog. So I think we've covered something like this before. I'm pretty sure we did the the classic Dark and Stormy Night mm -hmm. because it was uh, they have an award the dark I don't know if it's called the Dark and Stormy Night Award but it's basically like the worst opening to books I think we covered that I don't think mm. we did just sentence mm. I don't think we did uh, straight sentence drinking this grand uh, what is this Grand Cru Belgian beer it's making me all gummy yeah it's gumming me up it's thick it's thick it's not thick it's heavy it's heavy heavy. So, Spencer, let's dive into the list. All right. You know who number one is? No, I do not. You really should. It's Sue Fondry. Okay. You read all of Sue Fondry's work, don't you? So much so I can't even begin to pick one. <laughs> so the opening of Sue... Is Sue Fondry the author? <laughs> the, the, the novel. <laughs> uh, these are all names, so I'm going to assume these are just... Uh, <laughs> These are just all the authors. It doesn't give you the name of the words, bro. This is fucking stupid. Who put this together? I don't get to know what book or story or anything. It's just first sentence awful. Are these people who just created the worst sentence of Let me do. I'm going to actually read a little bit of the intro. Not <laughs> online or on here. Oh, no, I will because... Every year, the announcement of the Bulwer Lipton Prize is a gift from heaven. So that is that's the, what I was talking about. The worst sentences. So it, the famous "It was a dark and stormy night" opener. That's the contest. Yeah. As I describe. Let's see. The contest asked writer to submit an opening sentence for the worst of all possible novels. Although Fifty Shades of Grey has mm -hmm. already been written, uh, the results are pretty <laughs> funny. So I think this is from that contest. Yeah, so here are some of the best entries from the past decade of the contest. Okay, so I like this. We're not going to be able to tear anyone's book down okay. or shit on anyone's work. These are purposefully bad, but in a literary way. Mm -hmm. So we can judge the merits, and since there's so many of them, we won't pick a winner because we won't be able to remember. Yeah. So number one was from Sue Fondry. This was her entry. Cheryl's mind turned like the veins of a wind-powered turbine chopping her sparrow-like thoughts into bloody pieces that fell onto a growing pile of forgotten memories. I don't even know what that means. Um, like what, what, Go back to the veiny part. Wind vein. Oh, not, okay. not vein oh, as in the one okay. you remember. That's what I was getting. I was like a wind vein. I, was, I, I don't know. I was, I was getting confused for that. So her mind turned like the way, the veins of a wind turn, but oh, gee, that's, it's just a it's, it's, the, it's the way she waited it. Yeah. If it just went with the the vein of a wind powered turbine, yeah. or I would just say turbine, like the vein of a turbine, it yeah, that's salvageable. And then the chopping or sparrow like thoughts into bloody pe that's just terrible. Mm. Just get rid of that. So you could have had something there if you didn't go all into it. Just a little too much. Next up, number two. Uh, this is from Ali Kawashima. As the dark and mysterious stranger approached, Angela bit her lip anxiously, hoping with every nerve cell and fiber of her being that this would be the one man who would understand who would take her away from all this and who would not just squeeze her 
and who would not just squeeze her boob and make a loud honking noise as all the others had? <laughs> I, I, I like the, the turn. Yeah. I like how it was so serious and then just fucking honk honk. A wooga, a wooga. I was like, it was like boob. It's just a boob. boob. Like, just boob. Not breast or anything, just a boob. <laughs> Think of the old clown bell. <laughs> All right, that was a good entry. <laughs> Number three, Chris Wheelock, or Wheelock, I guess. Strange name. She strutted into my office wearing a dress that clung to her like saran wrap to a sloppily butchered pork knuckle. Bone and sinew jutting and lurching asymmetrically beneath its folds. The tightness exaggerating the granularity of the suet and causing what little palatable meat there was to sweat. It's, tra- it's transparency, the thief of imagination. <laughs> what is this so much meat dog? And like, what's. You now, a butcher? Now, uh, now what. Whenever you first hear the word meat knuckle, <laughs> where does your mind go to that? I think that's the double entendre thing. Uh, it's so unromantic. <laughs> There's no passion in that. This guy was a butcher. It's just saran wrap around a meat knuckle. The fact that these are just getting better as we're progressing makes me happy. So uh, thank you, Chris Wheelock. That was a solid entry into that contest. I would read a novel written like so that. So these aren't the people who wrote the novel, wrote the thing. They just they found these lines and submitted them. The, yeah, these no, these people are the ones. Uh, these are submissions from the contest. Okay. Like some of the best submissions from the contest. So these are the people who wrote those submissions. Huh. Number four, Janine Beecham. Now right, this is more of a fantasy. The fairies of Minglewood, which is near Dingley Pool. <laughs> We're having a grand level. We're having a grand revel with flower cakes and butterfly dances, looking ever so pretty. While Queen Bellaflora swept her wand over the waterfall's foam, making it pop like the snot bubbles on your baby sister's face. She went a little more innocent with it, yeah. but that's gross. That was gross. Number five, Molly Ringle. For the, f- I want to write one of these for mm. something for these contests too, because you only have to write one sentence. Yeah. For the first month of Ricardo and Felicity's affair, they greeted one another at every stolen rendezvous with a kiss. A lengthy, ravenous kiss. Ricardo Ricardo lapping and sucking at Felicity's mouth as if she were a giant cage mounted water bottle and he were the world's thirstiest gerbil. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just see like, he, like deep throat that yeah. Number six, Jordan Kaderly. And I apologize for any of these people on this list if they listen to this and I mess up your name. I just suck at these names. You know, I'm not good at names. I ain't good at much of anything. Reading hard. Reading is almost as hard as writing. Number six, Jordan Kaderly. Betty had eyes that said, come here. Lips that said, kiss me. Arms and torso that said, hold me all night long. But the rest of her body said, fillet me. Cover me in cornmeal and fry me in peanut oil. Romance wasn't easy for a mermaid. I'll say that, the like, fish lady. okay, I was gonna say because there wasn't much more left of the body that that he didn't bring up. Why do you want to eat the fish lady though? I mean, eat her, but not yeah. not deep fried. Number seven, Refa Refa Berg. On reflection, 
Angela perceived that her relationship with Tom had always been rocky. Not quite a roller coaster ride, but more like when the toilet paper roll gets a little squashed so it hangs crooked and every time you pull some off, you can hear the rest going bumpity bumpity. <laughs> you can hear the rest going bumpity bumpity in its holder until you go nuts and push it back into shape. A degree of annoyance that Angela had now almost attained. And <laughs> Very specific. Yeah. Very specific. I think you should go when we get done with this and you go upstairs, you should be, Mindy, I'm tired of your shit. You're like a, a roll of toilet paper that won't get stuck where it's supposed to be. Bumpity bumpity. <laughs> Number eight, Kathy Bryant. As he told her that he loved her, she gazed into his eyes, wondering, as she noted the infestation of eyelash mites, the tiny diodickids burrowing into his follicles to eat the greasy sebum therein, each female laying up to 25 eggs in a single follicle, causing inflammation, whether the eyes are truly the window of the soul, and if so, his soul needed regrouting. These are some run-on sentences. They all are. Number nine, David S. Nelson. I like the start of this. The mushroom men of Narf were silently advancing on the unsuspecting Narflanes, and their thin, milky blood ran colder when they smelled spores from fungi from fungal toenail infections rising from many of the invaders' feet, for to them it was a wondrous and shocking set of scent of kinship, homeland, and asexual reproduction. Number 10, Tanya Lavelle. It was such a beautiful night. The bright moonlight illuminated the sky. The thick clouds floated leisurely by just above the silhouette of tall, majestic trees, and I was viewing it all from the front row seat of the bullet hole in my car trunk. That's almost a... So that's almost like an actual, like from like a NAR story yeah. or something. It's like almost there. Number eleven, David Pepper, as an ortho, orthopedic, as an orthologist, ornithologist. What's an ornithologist? Uh, Come on, you're a doctor. Fair. As an ornithologist, George was fascinated by the fact that urine and feces mix in birds' rectums to form a unified homogeneous slurry that is expelled through defecation. Although eyeing Greta's face and sensing the reaction of the congregation, he immediately realized he should have used a different analogy to describe their relationship <laughs> in his wedding vows. Ew. Number 12, Ron D. Smith. As the sun dropped below the horizon, the safari guide confirmed the approaching Cape buffaloes were herbivores, which calmed everyone in the group except for, <laughs> except for Herb, of course. Hmm. Mm. So I guess uh, this is. I'm just assuming this guy's British because that it works better as herbivore. Yeah, because that's how British people say herb. They say her. They don't use the H's in anything but the wrong words. <laughs> like you don't say herb, you say herb. But then the name herb is herb, not herb. Well, I was gonna say who's saying it wrong? Us or them? Well, they invented English, so probably us. Yeah. Eh, I don't you say the H or don't say the H. Pick one or the other. Like they don't say the H in hello, hello. Yeah. But then they say the H in fucking herb. They just say dumb shit. Aluminium. Number 13. I hate when they say garage. Yeah. That that pisses me off. I don't know why. Garage. Long A's with them fellas. Late lasses. Number 12. Elizabeth Munster. Sturban counted calcium bars in the storage chamber, wondering why women back on Earth paid him little attention. But up here, they seem to adore him. In fact... Six Franken maidens had already shown him their blinka. Don't like it. Mm. Didn't like that one. Yeah, that was. Didn't get it. Yeah. Didn't get it. It insists upon itself. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Fourteen. Andrew Bowers. Hmm. 
thought Abigail as she gazed languidly from the veranda past the bright white patio to the cerulean sea beyond, where dolphins played and seagulls sang, where splashing surf sounded like the... What the fuck is this word? Sounded like the tintinnalubububub... Sounded like the tintinnalububulation of a thousand tiny bells, where great gray whales bellowed and the sunlight sparkled off of the myriad of sequins on the fly fish's bow ties. Time to get my meds checked. Yes, probably is. This is where fucking Bryce chimes in. It's pronounced tintinnabulation. I'm like, I want to know that, Bryce. I've never seen the word in my life. Never heard it, never seen it, never smelled it. I don't know what the word is. Never Wait. tasted it. Well, you really don't know what tintinnabulation is? Jerk ass. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm going to tell him that. No, because what was it? I fucked up something one t- I don't know. He texted me, I think. He was like, oh, we don't know how to say it. Shut up. I don't know everything. 15. Pamela Patchett. The notion that they would no longer be a couple dashed Helen's hopes and scrambled her thoughts, not unlike the time her sleeve caught the edge of the open egg carton and the contents hit the floor like fragile things hitting cold tiles. More pitiable because they were the expensive organic brown eggs from free-range chickens, and one of them clearly had double yolks entwined in one sack just the way Helen and Richard used to be. Mm. I like being entwined with uh, in one sack with my wife. Mm. It's nice. 16. David S. Nelson. Again? We are doing it, Mr. Nelson. I think he was on here once. He swaggered into the room in which he was now the smartest guy. Happens every time I go. Right. With a certain Wikipedia, in, uh, I hate words I don't know. The certain Wikipedic insouciance in I N S O U C I A N S C. I don't know. I misspelled that. Insouciance, and without skipping a beat, made a beeline toward Dorothy, busting right through her knot of admirers admirers and she threw her arms around him and gave him a passionate thought passionate though slightly tickly kiss moaning softly Ooh, scarecrow 17 jn villa or via she sipped her latte gracefully unaware of the milk foam droplets building on her mustache which was not the peachy fine baby fuzz that nordic girls might have but a really dense dark <laughs> Her suet lip-lining row of fur common to southern Mediterranean ladies nearing menopause and winked at the obviously charmed Spaniard at the next table. I like that one. <laughs> 18. Jessica Sasashara. On their first date, he'd ask how much she thought Edgar Allan Poe's toenails would sell for on eBay, and on their second, he paid for subway fare with nickels he fished out of a fountain, but he was otherwise charming, and she thought that they could have a perfectly tolerable life together. It's a fair question. Probably very expensive for those toenails. Yeah. If you could prove they're his. Right. They'd be all like, they wouldn't even be left, right? Well, you could scrape them out of the grave. 19. Beth, Fand, and Colingo. Like a mechanic who forgets to wipe his hands on a shop rag and then goes home, hugs his wife, and gets a grease stain on her favorite sweater, Love touches you and marks you forever. Mm. 20. Shannon Wedge. Leopold looked up at the arrow piercing the skin of the didgeridoo. <laughs> I thought he was going to go didgeridoo. <laughs> the skin of the dirigible with a sort of wondrous dismay. The wheezy shriek was just the sort of sound he always imagined a baby moose being beaten with a pair of accordions Aww. might make. It's very graphic. 21. Charles Howland. The professor looked down at his new young lover who rested fitfully, lashed as she was with duct tape to the side of his stolen hovercraft, 
her head lolling gently in the breeze, and as they soared over the buildings of downtown St. Paul to his secret lair, he mused that she was much like a sweet, ripe, juicy peach, except for her not being a fuzzy three-inch sphere produced by a tree with pink blossoms and that she had internal organs and could talk. 22. Catherine Minakazi As she slowly drove up the long, winding driveway, Lady Alicia peeked out the window of her shiny blue Mercedes and spied Rodrigo, the new gardener, standing on a grassy mound with his long black hair flowing in the wind, his brown eyes piercing into her very soul, and his white shirt open to the waist, revealing his beautifully rippling muscular chest. And she thought to herself, I must tell that lazy idiot to trim the hedges by the gate. Number 23, Jim Gleason. Gerald began, but was interrupted by a piercing whistle which cost him 10% of his hearing permanently, as it did everyone else in a 10-mile radius of the eruption. Not that it mattered much, because for them, permanently meant the next 10 minutes or so, until buried by searing lava or suffocated by choking ash to pee. Okay. Nah, 24 is Dennis Barry. You know Dennis Barry? It sounds like Barry's a very good guy. He was on the podcast like six times, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, 13 times. 13, 14. He hosted for like a year. Yeah. Right? He was yeah. The host. I mean, he still used my name, but it was him. Yeah, when we went when we went traveling abroad, he held it down. Was that when we were in Paris and uh, I think we ended in Belgium, or was that when we went to like Eastern Europe and had bad time? Bad, bad time. Bad time. <laughs> bad times. It's always bad times. Yeah. Every time we travel together, something bad happens. Usually it ends in a weird hostel somewhere, right. and I'm tied up in a room, and somebody's <laughs> fucking going to town on my nards with some fucking pliers or spikes or hammers, and you always just get, like, this luxurious, like, spa treatment. It's 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 uh, it's rough. I hate that. I always get the wrong room. 24, Dennis Berry. Despite the vet, I don't know Dennis Berry. <laughs> Anyone's wondering. I this guy. Why are you bringing him up so much? Stop talking about him. Despite the vast differences in their ages, ethnicity, and religious upbringing, the sexual chemistry between Roberto and Heather was the most amazing he had ever experienced. And for the entirety of the Labor Day weekend, they had sex like monkeys on espresso. Not those monkeys in the zoo that fling their feces at you, but more like the monkeys in the wild that have those giant red butts and access to an espresso machine. You know what I like because I can. There's, there's monkeys with giant red butt, butts in the zoo. Yeah, but they're they're not doing it like that. You know what I like about doing things like this. This this Dennis Berry guy's never gonna know that we brought him up on the podcast no. or did a very stupid bit about him or anything. No, never will know. And we could do that with anybody. That's well, I'm I'm thinking like how many of these are these people's like actual names because some of them aren't. Mm, I don't know. That's a good one. Maybe this next guy's a real one. Randy Groom at number 25. Colin grabbed the switch gear and slammed the sprightly Vauxhall Vixen into a lower gear as he screamed through the roundabout heading toward the familiar pink the familiar pink row house and puking on the wold, his mind filled with the image of his comely olive dressed in some late I'm not reading the rest of that. It's too fucking hard. <laughs> I get they're supposed to be bad, but I can't even read it, mm. Spencer. Read it anyways. 26, Leslie Moore, Mur, Mayor, Mir, Muir, M-U-I-R, Muir, beers hit me. He was a dark and, oh, wait a minute, I like what she did here. He was a dark and stormy night, and this excited Gwendolyn, but admittedly not as much as last night when he was Antonio Banderas in drag, or the night before that when he was a French legionnaire who blindfolded her and fed her palms frites, palm frites from his kepi. 
I got lost on the end there. I don't know French. I am happy that I was able to pronounce Legionnaire. Never read that out loud. Never read it. Never read it. Not a lot of French Good. Legionnaires in my works. Good for you. 27, Linda Boatwright. Yeah, I think you are right about some of these. <laughs> Boatwright? First stories about boating. I don't know. Kareen considered the colors palest green, gray, and lavender, and texture downy as the finest velvet, and wondered, how long have these cold cuts been in my refrigerator? <laughs> that is so apropos, <laughs> because uh, just earlier, I, I actually shared a meme from The Simpsons about Homer and the gross sandwich. Yeah. Know, but I had to go look up that episode where he eats that sandwich. <laughs> it's like a fucking 50-foot-long, I think it's like two-foot-long sandwich. But he keeps eating it over like weeks, and it gets all rancid. But he keeps eating, <laughs> and he gets violently ill. <laughs> and like Marge throws it away, and he like fishes it out. <laughs> and it's like... It's all green, and he just gets so sick. <laughs> just like, why do you keep fucking eating it? <laughs> Gotta finish it. But then Marge is like, I think the mayonnaise is turned. And he's like, ow. <laughs> like, he's like sick in bed, and he fishes out the garbage. It's like purple. Like, it always changes colors. Uh, like, it got mushrooms growing on it. 28, Emma Desordi. Emma Desordi. If you say it real fast, it sounds like a disorder. Emma Desordi. Yeah. Chain smoking as he stood in the amber glow of the street lamp, he gazed up at the brownstone wherein resides Bunny Morgan and thought how like a bunny bunny was, though he had read somewhere that rabbits were coprahagus. I don't know. I'm not saying that right. Which meant that they ate their own feces. Oh, like, I, okay, I know what that is. Which was really disgusting now that he thought about it. Do. And nothing like Bunny. At least he hoped not. So on second thought, Bunny wasn't like a bunny after all, but she was still pretty hot. Bunny eats her own. 29, Dan Winters. Sex with Rachel after she turned 50 was like driving the last place team on the last day of the Iditarod dog slid race. The point no longer the ride, but the finish. The difficulty, not the speed, but keeping all the parts moving in the right direction. Not to mention all the irritating barking. I like that one. <coughs> Those are going to go grosser out, so I appreciate that. 30, this is, oh wait, what? I'm, oh, I said 33. Just when I thought I was done. Number 30 by James Pokiness. Bring a bottle of wine and wear something uncomplicated. I'm in no mood for a struggle tonight. Rolled from John Pierre's lips like a bowling ball shooting up the return ramp, only to slow itself abruptly at the top before kawonking into the balls already lined up there like all the lines she had heard before. And Sylvia knew at last that all the good ones were not married, gay, or in Mexican prisons. <laughs> wow. So John Pierre's not in Mexican prison. He could be gay. Yeah. Know, how does she know? 31, Stephen Farnsworth. When Mr. Bilbo Baggins of Bag End announced that he would shortly be celebrating his 11th-first birthday, his children packed his, bag and, his bags and drove him to Golden Pastures Retirement Complex just off Interstate 95. It's cheating, I feel. Using something that's already established. Mm. I don't like it. 32, Howie McLennan. Before they met, his heart was a frozen block of ice, scarred by the skate blades of broken relationships. Then she came along and like a beautiful Zamboni, flooded his heart with warmth, scraped away the ugly slushy bits, and dumped them in the empty parking lot of his soul. See, that's a good one because that's one you could actually like see in a shitty fake yeah. romance, like a real... 
real romance book you get off of Amazon. Like that's what people think is actual writing. Yeah, right. Like that's what like some some most of these are like over the top corny or it's like no one is actually writing that. But that's something I could see somebody thinking is oh that's beautiful. Mm. That's wonderful. I'm definitely keeping that. It's like a romantic it's like it's a romantic comedy that takes place in like a minor league hockey town. Yeah, like Minnesota somewhere. Yeah. Thirty three, Mary E. Patrick. This is the last one. I'm better, gonna read the last one. Better be a good one. Could I read it like this? Try it. <laughs> As I garden, gazing towards the autumnal sky, I long to run my finger through the trail of mucus left by a single speckled slug, innocuously thrusting past my rhododendrons, and in feeling that warm slime, be kept back to planet Alderaan, back into the tentacles of the alien who loved me. That's like Bernie Farf, like, Hitting puberty. It hurt halfway through. I, I, I was failing. Okay. Just fucking end. Just hit the button. <laughs> Done. <laughs> no outro. So that was a 33 tales to be school. What was that? 33 okay. stories to arouse your scent. No. Tantalize your. No. no bad Tickle your. No. Filleted. 33 excerpts to funny your bone. Bone your funny. Bone, bone your funny. Put things in your bum. <laughs> When you put things in your bum, it's proper to warm up. Yeah. You want it to be warm. You don't want cold bum, because then it tears. Mm. You don't want tears. Because things normally go out your bum. Things normally go out your bum. So when you put things in your, your bum, bum, you need to warm it up. And you feel going out of your bum, it's warm. And kind of greasy. <laughs> <laughs> If it's not greasy, you're going to have a bad self-grease. The, the textures of fecal matter vary Slimy. a lot. Slimy is it's not bad coming out. Like That's the one time you want something to be slimy. But here's a thought. Because <laughs> if it's too slimy, the cleanup is the worst. Worst poops. Um, obviously, we're not counting just the big block of rock hard that doesn't need a fish out. Yeah. And, and, you know, we don't want it that. But tarry. Tari. The thousand wiper, no good. Tari's always make me worry about being sick. Yeah, you don't want Tari, and then you look down, and it looks like coal. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it so dark? Overly dry, sandpapery, no good. I hate the I hate the massive pushing pushing to almost have an embolism, and then there's just like a rabbit turd in there, and you're like, what the fuck was that about? Or you just poop out ten little circles in yeah. a row, like little nuggets. Wet acid is not a good one. Like just straight liquid acid, that's not pleasurable for anybody. When was the last time you get the the splash back? Mm. All the time. It depends oh. how much protein I'm eating. <laughs> Big old bricks. <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about this, but I want to say that I thank the listeners for staying tuned this long. This is what they stay for. Yeah, I don't know. We next week we have a guest. And a week after that, we have a guest. Well, assuming both of them don't listen to this and cancel. <laughs> yeah. So, hold on. Let me look at my calendar to make sure that's correct. Spencer, you ass lick. Whoa, man. I'm not, sorry. Not was, cool, man. Not cool. Uh, so, yeah, next week, uh, supposedly, we are interviewing Tyler Gore. He is a author published by Whiskey Tit, another Whiskey Tit guy. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, we have Dr. This is uh, the following week, the 29th. We are supposedly interviewing Dr. Uh, Mike Caparelli, who he um, interviewed the son of Sam, Sam Killer like 
a hundred hours worth of, yeah. you know, I don't know how many interviews that is, but he talked to the, he wrote a book about it. I'm doing a terrible job, but he, yeah. that's going to be interesting. You know, I'm interested in that. I feel like we have to save all of our professionalism for, for that the, episode. Yeah. I think that guy just probably deserves it. Uh, he's going to have some real things to discuss. And also, we're going to have to have Nick Obergon again sometime because I think he got he's working on another podcast. Oh, yeah? I don't know if it's another crime, murder, oh, mystery. I don't know. That'd sure. be kind of cool. Yeah, so we have to have him on again then, too. Uh, anyway, you could check out my work and keep up to date on my publishing history at calebjamesk.com and also read my taco story. Uh, you can check out Spencer's OnlyFans at the uh, Lithuania lump, lump Lover. Link. I like Lump Lover better. Oh, okay. No, he's, he's licking lint. All right. Lint liquor. Whatever. It's fake. This is stupid. <laughs> We've been doing it for how long? Dumb bit. We'll be doing this when OnlyFans is out of business and there's something else. We'll <laughs> still say OnlyFans. We'll be like, what is that? Uh, so anyway, uh, check out, uh, more importantly, check out Gridiron Gates of Hell. Available yep. now, yep. at least on Amazon. I don't know if it's in Barnes & Noble yet. Uh, <laughs> you can check that out, and then you can uh, like and subscribe and smash the follow button and give us a review and thumbs ups. All that other horse hockey. Anyway, thank you for listening. We will check you all next week where we will finally get back to word of the episodes. Hey, hopefully. We had to take a break for a yeah. while. So after this, well, you said somebody liked our, Mike liked our translation episode. Yeah. So we did one episode that wasn't complete shit the last month, but now we're on back on track, baby. Back on track. Back on track. I said we'd wait till we get our first guest back on to really, which we did have an inner, like a guest in the middle there, but we had technical difficulties. Yeah. And I'll bitch about that uh, later, no, because I still had more. Mm.